0: Hello, everybody. You're probably thinking, hmm, Travis sounds different today. And yes, I'm currently getting over a slight cold from last week, and I'm actually not Travis. My name is Finner, and I'm currently interning with the amazing team here at Fool and Scholar Productions. And I'm here today to tell you about the last city. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven a geo-engineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wandering, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, the Last City stars actors like Ray Sehorn, Jeannie Torado, and Maury Sterling. You can follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. A big thanks to Wondery for supporting shows like The White Vault. And now, on with the scheduled programming.
1: Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story Dark Dice
2: idea maker
1: yeah the creator the (laughs) co-creator um this isn't a traditional episode of the white vault or dark dice or liberty this is actually just us talking about all the cool things that you enjoy the shows you like giving you some updates on the projects and where they are headed and what we've been doing and also answering a couple of questions that you guys have submitted to us
2: so we we make more shows than we thought we were going to make yes Uh. (laughs) so
1: many more shows so
2: uh it's it's a lot of work but we really enjoy it and we wanted to talk to you guys about how we are doing how what how we're doing what we're doing and uh, what we're planning on doing and everything in between so we're not some huge group of people we're not like gimlet or panoply we're not all these different companies making different shows it's it's, it's
1: just us it's
2: just us hi guys hey um and we hope that we can entertain you and we hope that the shows that we make are uh things that you find value in so we're gonna answer some questions from all of you wonderful fan peoples and uh give you some updates on things
1: yeah so it's been like we've been podcasting now for is it four years Don't say those words. I won't say how many years, (laughs) but we're feeling like old people now. Um, But we're we're really loving doing what we're doing and the regularity of of what we're releasing. So the first half of this is going to be a series of questions from you guys for the first 30 minutes or so. Then we're going to jump right into updates on the shows. So if you are not interested in the questions, you can skip to the 30 minute mark. And here are information and updates on the stories that we love to tell you.
2: The first question that we have is from the Liberty Endures subreddit. It says, Is Tales from the Tower meant to be a propaganda broadcast against the fringers for Atrians to listen to? Or are these stories of things that are actually happening in Atreus?
1: So, Liberty Tales from the Tower are these series of one off horror stories. Uh, I, I kind of envision them as a mix of like propaganda and ghost stories that the Atrian government tells everyone and sends out to the fringe occasionally too. H- how do you how do you interpret it?
2: I, I also see it as that way. I like the idea that these are kind of like their version of Hansel and Gretel, their version of, uh, you know, like the angry clown stories. And so it's something that the, they make to entertain their citizens because it's terrifying not only because it's scary, it's terrifying because it shows them an imperfect version of Atreus. And I think it's also entertaining to think of how that, how, how fringers would see them. Cause it'd be like, man, they only have one mass murderer running around. That's so easy.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I can see that. I also think that um, perhaps some of the stories are actually true. And despite them being like, oh yeah, here's a fictional horror story. It's like, no, no. Some of these have actually taken place.
2: A lot of myths and legends come from something that originally was, very, very grounded in reality.
1: I wish you could all see the expression on her face. Also, I'm just gonna interject a short story on this real quick. There was a moment in the White Vault where, light spoilers for season one, you find stuff inside of a box, and like her her father and her best friend both like, Of course, that's exactly what she would write inside so I wasn't surprised at all. <laughs> it just it just speaks so much to who Caitlin is as a person that you would expect to find. Such things inside of a stone box in the Arctic. But moving on, what's our... So
2: our next question comes from the White Vault Facebook group from Michael. Uh, Not saying last names, but I will say first names if they're here. Where do you get the inspiration for your sound effects and atmospheric noise? Specifically, the creature. Um, I'm attempting to use very similar sounds for my tabletop game based on the White Vault.
1: Ooh. First of all, cool, and thank you. And thank you for the question. Uh, the monster for the white vault. I get some text notes from Caitlin on what she sort of wants it to sound like. Is that accurate? So, like, what are your, what inspires your notes? And then I'll go into, like, what inspires my sound. It's a process. Oh,
2: man. Um, ha,
1: I flipped the question on you like the Medusa's uh, mirror.
2: How dare you? I was like, oh, this is. I can take some time off. I can drink some liquids. <laughs> so I put in the atmospheric notes because I explained to Travis in the script what it is that I'm looking for, because I I intentionally create sections of very quiet, low noises that are very tense, they're very personal, and then there's the moments where you want to add that hectic nature, but then it's a big difference between the notes I write for things like Liberty, where there's a lot more uh, non-technical terms, beeps and boops, and like sci-fi noises, and then for the white vault, where it's very realistic and very gritty. So,
1: so, what inspires the monster? What was the monster, the like monster? in your head? What, what got the sounds for you to write them for me to make them the way I thought you were interpreting them? Um,
2: so, for me, it's a lot of reptilian, insectoid, and like bird noises. Because that's just one of those things that is, they're real. I don't know if you've ever heard a uh, sandhill crane.
1: Oh, those things are terrifying. Uh,
2: Make uh, a call, but they legitimately sound like velociraptors.
1: They are like four foot tall birds. So that's pretty close to a velociraptor.
2: So there are things out there that are definitely just naturally frighteningly inspiring. Um, And I think what we do is I just kind of write those things in. And Travis goes on a wonderful search for disgusting natural noises of the world and runs them by me until we find what really matches or layer things on top of each other.
1: And then for me, uh, her notes are an inspiration because she's like, you know, the insectoid noises and this other stuff, this uh, layering that takes place. Uh, I was also really inspired by a video game called, oh, it's Prey, Prey. It's,
2: okay, I was going to say it's probably Prey because you P-R-E-Y. really like Prey. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: Prey is a lot of fun. They've got some great sound design, also Dead Space. Uh, but I also wanted them to be a little bit more organically humanoidish, so you could associate like okay it's not a giant bug or things like that
2: yeah so our next one comes from uh, julianne from the white vault facebook group and they ask there are a lot of stories told in the liberty universe is there a specific timeline of when certain things happen what order should listeners listen to things to get things in chronological order
1: uh, for chronological order, critical research should be the very end then. Like, or are pretty close to it. Uh, Tales from the Tower sort of take place everywhere. You'd actually want to start with, I think, Heavy Heart is the, the oldest one we have. The mining story. And then they're just sort of all over the place. Like a bunch of different Tales from the Tower, all different directions. And then at some point, Vigilance before critical research.
2: And then when should they read the comic?
1: Oh, the comic's the absolute last thing. Okay. Like, absolutely after everything else is the comic.
2: So now from um, actually one of our patrons on Patreon is DJ. And DJ has two questions. <laughs> the first one is, does Ezo ever contribute any sounds or background noises? And for those of you who don't know, Ezo is our 90-pound uh, dog. <laughs>
1: yes, he's adorable.
2: So does Izo ever lend his little woofy voice?
1: Usually in not the constructive way, but he's like, you know, he'll be working on something and he'll like start barking like, and his voice breaks in the middle of the bark. And then it's like, oh, well, that moment of sheer terror was just ruined by an adorable dog bark, but that's okay. (laughs) Uh, Have we used his voice or anything? I don't think we have.
2: Uh, I don't think we have. We've used it in the bloopers and in some like bonus stuff, but none of our, I mean, Liberty doesn't have, the world of Liberty doesn't even have animals so they they wouldn't have dogs uh i
1: haven't had the opportunity yet is really the issue
2: yeah i mean we just i need i guess i need to write stories that have dogs
1: (laughs) no no don't write stories with dogs that's that's dangerous (laughs) she she's a dangerous writer there
2: all right and uh dj's next question is what program or method do you use to normalize volume i listen to a few other podcasts where voices are really muted compared to background noise or vice versa but I found your podcasts to have really nice balance to where I can hear and understand both the actors and enjoy the immersive background sounds.
1: Okay, so a few cheats here. I don't actually normalize in any way. It's a manual process. So I'll, I'll normalize the tracks by hand in my digital audio workspace called MixCraft, and then I'll send it over to the mixing engineer, usually Brandon Strader, sometimes Sarah Baczynski, and they will do the mixing stuff, uh, which mixing really helps. Um, sound frequencies have lows, mids, and highs, and voices are the same way, and they're a part of that space. And balancing out those lows, mediums, and highs and pulling, scooping out certain frequencies, they all fit together into sort of a weird—I uh, lost the metaphor. I was going to do a food metaphor. And melon ball? Maybe a melon <laughs> ball with— whipped cream in the middle i don't know but it's it's like you have to scoop certain frequencies out for the other things to fit in that wouldn't have normally fit in and then you have your sounds
2: so i think the answer to the question is travis uses a lot of time (laughs) (laughs) so much time uh we we do work really hard on every episode it takes many many hours to make every episode and a lot of that is the magic that travis puts into making it sound really good for just us working on it in our basement so yes yay travis
1: thank you (laughs) and thank you for writing good stories it really helps i try
2: all right um (laughs) our next question actually again multiple questions from our patron on patreon terry our favorite patron terry is like Terry is so nice to us. We love you, Terry. so encouraging. (laughs) So thank you so much. You brighten your day every time. uh, It splits into two questions. One is a liberty question, and the other one is a question for the White Vault. So Terry's liberty question is, was there anything specific that inspired the creation of Atreus?
1: Ooh. Um, Hmm. Interesting. This is going way back. I believe there was... Uh, inspiration from a couple of different things largely just an rpg that i started playing um, and then it evolved into it so a pen and paper role-playing game that started off as sort of a mad max light and then eventually evolved and got more technical and less mad max more original and more original till it became its own thing
2: um and then our question for the white vault from terry is what characteristics do you look for when you cast the voice actors for each character Okay, so for the White Vault for seasons one and two, because that's those are the voice actors you already know, I was writing the script with a few of the voice actors already in mind because we had worked with them previously. So it wasn't so much that I was casting the main cast. It was more like I, I could hear their voices in my head. We had already kind of spoken with them. We had worked with them before. They were very enthusiastic to work with us again, and we were like... Perfect. Great. I know exactly what I want you to do. Um, and then we did have to cast a few at the end of season two when we cast also Kessie, like Charlotte. Yeah, Kessie. Kessie did have to to put in one, and she just like as soon as I heard her, real
1: hello, this is Kessie Reliniki reading Karina for Dwight Walt.
2: That's that's Schumacher Weiss, Like you
1: are the Doctor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but then at the end, the end of season two, when we had to start casting, like. Charlotte and Asa and everyone it was a lot of work but I think we just uh again it actually had to do more with finding people who could speak the language because story-wise they had to be able to speak the language that the story was presented in because geographically that's where the characters had to come from so that definitely put a limit on our character pool
1: Yes. uh, And it's also been increasingly difficult. She challenges me with these like, "Okay, now let's see if we can find someone who speaks Portuguese, but they're from Portugal, not South America or something like that. They're very fun challenges.
2: I'm here to entertain the listeners, not make your job easy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now we need a polar bear.
2: (laughs) Thank you, Terry. All right. So our next question comes from another Patreon patron. And this is Christian, and we have, again, several questions. Thank you guys so much for uh, submitting so many questions. So our first question is for Liberty. Other than for broadcasting, what department or job would Travis, Caitlin, or Ezo have in Atreus? Or would you be Fringers?
1: Ooh, that's so... I'll let you answer first.
2: Okay, so first I'm going to answer for Ezo. There are no animals on Atreus. (laughs) So I think Iza would still be here on Earth living a happy life.
1: He would, probably.
2: Um, For me, I would live in Atreus. I would not be a Fringer. I don't know. I think I would be in um, the Department of Broadcasting. Maybe I'd be in the science division. uh, You'd be scientific. Totally scientific division. I would would probably be doing like like molecule studies on their water systems or something Uh, yeah that's what i would be doing i definitely would not be a fringer i mean not that you get to choose where you're born or the situation that you're born into but if you got to choose i would not be a cannibalistic fringer
1: yeah i'd (laughs) probably wind up being in resource allocation and defense which in short terms means like accountant (laughs) because i kind of manage things and that's really what i do
2: yeah but he does it so well the things. <laughs> then More. Christian's other question is: There are a lot of terrifying settings in *The White Vault*, *Tales from the Tower*, and *Critical Research*, specifically in tunnels and or underground. Is there a particular reason for that? Is there a particular fear with enclosed spaces, or is it because you have a lot of experience with spelunking or being in caves? Hmm. I <laughs> hate. I hate. I hate. I okay so. I don't have a fear of like heights. I won't go skydiving because that's not it's not for me. But like we just went on a hot air balloon ride, and I was like, "This is great! This is fantastic! The world's beautiful." Um, like looking down over a cliff that's that doesn't really do. I don't feel scared. Um, for me, I'd rather go up than down. So I, when people are like, "Oh, we're gonna go spelunking," and I'm like, "You're an idiot." <laughs> so we've done like a few ice cave tours and things like that. Um, and, I mean, I I think I would go again. It's it's just like you go in the, the bright daytime of winter and everything glows blue and it's not too scary. So the cave that glows blue and is really large, that to me isn't scary. It's what's there that's scary. It's the implications. Um, but, yeah, going down, like, the stairs or like being in the mining tunnels of atreus that for me is like eh, no no it's not happening or specifically the narrow the narrow for me when i was writing it i was like i don't know if this scares anybody else but the narrow scares
1: me (laughs) I, i love tunnels i i just i love going underground i love seeing things underground i get disoriented really easily i get lost really easily but i'm usually with someone like a tour guide so i've never had a negative experience there I'm sure if I had a negative experience once, it would forever be changed for the rest of my life. That's what happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) Moral of the story, tour guide.
2: So now um, our next question comes from Anna on Twitter. Anna asks me uh, for my Twitter, what inspired me to start writing my stories? And I don't know if you're talking about the White Vault or Liberty, but I started writing Liberty because Travis had created this world and he had been working so hard forever to start making the comic book but the comic book was taking forever and we decided to start writing these stories together and we found out that I was a pretty good writer and Travis was a pretty good editor so we split up into the the two jobs of being the writer and the producer and he was very encouraging and just allowed me to keep writing so the inspiration in the beginning was can i write what kind of story do i want to tell and then when we started doing tales from the tower i found that i really enjoyed writing horror and then for inspiring the white Vault, uh, we've answered this question a few other times in other q a's but it was this trip to iceland that we had and it was just wonderful and then anna also asks Uh, How did you come up with the names of all the White Vault characters?
1: That's a very good question. I actually kind of want to know this one. I don't really know the answer, I don't think.
2: I mean, they're just names, really. I don't... I just say names over and over again, and I start putting together, uh, like, surnames and, like, everything and trying to get something that feels like it flows. Because if you can say a name and it sounds natural... And if you say a name and it doesn't sound natural, it's it's going to sound like, oh, nobody's going to be that person. So I, I always find it very silly when I'm reading a book or listening to a story and someone has this fantastic name. And you're like, but it doesn't fit the writing or the character. And I try to give people really normal names. So Jonas is a pretty normal name. Uh, Rosa is a pretty normal name. Karina is a pretty normal name. Like those are generally just names of people you would meet any day you go outside well if you lived in those countries Um, (laughs) so it's it's one of those things where i wanted you to feel like they're real people because i'm not here to write heroes i'm here to write about real people in the situation that they're stuck in
1: so we don't have any plans for a future superhero story yet (laughs) unless they have really normal normal names deceptively normal alter egos
2: I don't know, it always makes it's always so funny where it's like, in comic books, it's like Peter Parker, Clark Kent. It's like, why is there so much alliteration in your names? And I understand it's because you're it's easy to uh to recall those people, but for me that just makes it seem like it's so silly because I, I know that I grew up with those those names those kind of people Bruce Banner. So, <laughs> all right, the I didn't next one. That many. Yeah. All right. Um, our next question comes from the White Belt Facebook group. And this is from Craig. And Craig asks, I'd love to know how you develop your ideas into full-blown worlds within which you tell your stories. I'd also like to know if you're planning to produce more live role-play based stories like Vigilance and Dark Dice, as I really love those.
1: First, thank you. Uh, I'd say we start by telling a story. Caitlin and I chat a lot. We have dog walks where we talk about things in the dog walks, and... We sort of develop a story and we kind of develop the world as we're developing the story because questions get asked. Like you're, you're wondering like, okay, why is this happening? And usually the answer to why is this happening revolves around a larger world decision or it can revolve around larger world decisions. Am I right? Am I on the right track?
2: Everybody develops worlds differently. Um, I've had this conversation with fellow writers, both in person and over the internet, and there is no one way to write and there's no one way to develop a world But how do you do it how do i specifically do it yes well the way that i did it with you for liberty is different than the way i've done it for the white vault
1: how's how's the white vault because that was sort of the liberty process we just kind of like okay well what does this need well we need this department okay what does this need we need this new concept or history piece
2: yeah with the white vault it was more of i had one specific toy, story to tell in a smaller space and I grew from there, while with Liberty, we had the setting already semi, semi-established, and we just continued to build on it. So it's not as though we just have an entire world completed. It never stops changing and evolving, uh, just like real world.
1: That's that's very true. And curious, uh, with Vast Horizon, our, our new upcoming show, what was your process?
2: Very, very similar um, to both. Oh. Vast builds off of a lot of the the mangled ideas of a lot of other sci-fi, so it's not like I'm coming up with my own sci-fi world because all sci-fi worlds come from how you what you take from other sci-fi worlds you've already uh, interacted with. So I've Frankenstein together my own version and then as I write the story, I input new ideas and I build upon those things to create new ideas. And that's going to be Uh, the setting for for Vast and it it did get very confusing it always feels confusing the further that you get because you've got more names more places more things that you have to remember and political climates that you have to walk yourself through and I'm happy to say that the scripts for Vast are done uh, for season one but I know it's only going to get more confusing for season two
1: and then uh, regarding future RPGs, um, Vigilance is is one and done. We've done the thing. It was a lot, a lot, a lot of work. It took us like almost two years to get all the 60 plus actors involved. And Dark Dice is working on its story now. And I, I don't see us doing more uh, than, than that because um, it's just so much work. And we're already managing a release every two weeks on top of that.
2: Yeah. And the more of our scripted shows that we put out, the less time we have. To do those sorts of things because those take a lot of work to do right. Um, And I know personally for me, I'd rather be spending my my free time playing D&D with my friends and just feeling happy and not having to worry about if we have good recording quality or...
1: Or my continuity.
2: Yeah. So I, I would prefer not to have to put the stress on us to to do more of those things in the future because i'd like i'd like to separate my uh, my work life and my play life <laughs> my work life is podcasting and my play life is playing D d <laughs> our next question comes from the white vault facebook group and comes from uh, i can't say your first name i apologize but i will say aziz is your last name so thank you for your question and it says how many seasons are there in the white vault until you tell the whole story
1: that's a good question.
2: Is it? Is it a spoiler?
1: Uh, it's up to you if it's a spoiler. You're the writer. Ooh. <laughs> Beat of silence. Uh, Chin scratching sounds. Is it a
2: spoiler? Um,
1: Nervously sipping water into microphone.
2: I'm thirsty. Leave me alone.
1: <laughs> Sound of water being put down.
2: I, we're definitely gonna have, I mean, have we said before? We've said there it's will be at least two. more than three. <laughs> Is okay. That okay,
1: but you have a specific number.
2: I have a specific number in mind, but I don't know if it's like a spoiler to tell you guys. I will tell you that I know what I'm doing with the story. I know my story arcs and I know where it ends. And we and, know
1: how each season ends, yeah, et cetera.
2: I'm not going to beat a dead horse. Uh, when the story arc ends, it will end. That's not to say we won't have more stories in the future, but I have an end in mind for this story arc these people
1: within the white vault
2: yeah our next question comes from sophie on the white vault facebook group yay so i was hoping to know more about gradius if i'm not wrong he went missing during critical research but made a sort of cameo during vigilance does that mean he survived the critical research attack or is vigilance before critical research and why does this one guy keep being involved in the chaos
1: well, uh, in when he's introduced in critical research, you find out that he had been out there before, and that he survived some stuff. So I was curious: have any of you been out there before? Rodriguez has. Uh, that's basically the plot of Vigilance. Like you kind of see some of the stuff he survives before getting wrapped into uh, the critical research.
0: the team enters a dimly lit cold room lined with chains and frozen corpses hefted on large metal hooks who
1: are you what do you want we heard you know people and we're looking for someone so it's it's like a prequel um you get a little bit of insight into like the life he's led and how he's interacted with fringers and learned a little bit about their culture and uh,
2: so the answer to your question sophie or at least your second question is yes critical (laughs) research came uh after chronologically vigilance so vigilance and then critical research and then lots of tales from the tower just everywhere all the place over there yeah. so many. <laughs> um that was the last question that we had that wasn't a specifically like a spoiler based question so we we 100 want to make sure that we give you guys some updates and we don't want to spoil anything so yeah. we're going to move on to the update section. The first updates we have are regarding the White Vault Imperial, which is our upcoming mini series uh, exclusive show that falls into the White Vault world. And similarly to Artifact, it will be first released to our wonderful patrons on Patreon.
1: I love Imperial. Um, it's it's an amazing story. I get to say that because I'm not the writer. <laughs> uh, Caitlin has really written uh, a beautiful period piece that we've run by Professor Wadley from Portland State University, who is a professor of linguistics and Chinese history over there. Um, and he, he and a team of other people kind of scoured the story for inaccuracies and found, uh, well they didn't find any inaccuracies they found the one thing that they said was like well we don't actually know when the name of the city changed (laughs) because a couple places in uh, china changed names sort of like the istanbul constantinople thing um but it's it's really cool Uh, he and a group of, of others have a specialty in this language called manchu and the language of china in the 1700s which is where the story takes place was manchu and like nobody speaks it anymore it's an
2: endangered language
1: there are under like a, a few thousand people in the entire world who know how to speak this language and they're mostly where are they located manchuria that answers that <laughs> but <laughs> but uh we're, we actually were able to work with him and a team of others to bring some of the language into the story and when you hear it being spoken like you're hearing an endangered language and i'm we didn't want to cut any of the lines. Like, we wanted to give you as much of the language as possible, just because it's so cool, and um, you're you're probably never going to hear it spoken again, uh, in unless you're a professor of linguistics or from Manchuria. Also, we had a very exciting time uh, putting together the cast for that story. We've got people from uh, Portugal. We've got uh, gentlemen from Italy, and they're actually from the places that we say they're from, which we always say that for the White Vault cast, but. Like it's well,
2: some of the Whitefall cast,
1: most of the Whitefall cast, yeah. majority, the vast majority. Um, it it's it's very exciting. <laughs> That's our
2: other show, vast majority, <laughs> vast
1: majority. <laughs> Yeah, but it, I I just am very excited for you to hear some of these new voices on our show, and there's. It's a very exciting process, making what the words they're saying and their natural accent as understandable as possible, and working with them to like not sacrifice their native tongue, with with sounding too Americanized. And it's there's a balance there, and I think you guys are really going to love it. Uh, also, we have uh, Sophie and we have Ewan, um, who will be handling the Chinese Mandarin uh, and Manchu and English segments, which is. Just, again, an absolute pleasure and blast. I think you guys are going to love it. Ewan, you might know him if you're a fan of Bones or How I Met Your Mother. He's in a couple of those, and he's going to be Jingwei Chen, one of the characters, one of the main characters on Imperial, which comes out in May. Yay!
2: (laughs) It's been a long time coming, guys. We're really uh, sorry that it took so long. We had a very hard time getting everything lined up. Like we said, uh, Manchu is endangered language so even just getting things translated and then finding people capable of, of performing it is just impossibly hard but yeah. we are very excited that we're so close to premiering it to our wonderful patrons and for <sighs> adding just one more stone to the massive wall that is the the story of the white vault
1: and it's it's a really cool story and uh you will be as excited as i am once you start hearing the episode's release <laughs> um, one other thing i wanted to mention we were also uh, in a bit of a delay on on a number of our shows because our ability to record has been greatly inhibited by the reconstruction demolition construction of our, our personal home because we are a two-person team and trying to get like quiet recording time amidst all the noises of our house has just been really tough so that's we I haven't like missed a release date though like we have not missed a release date
2: oh my god
1: <laughs> <laughs> you you have I mean, no it's idea literally
2: like it's it's like ugh. so we live in the basement like i'm sure many of you know and the floors are very old wooden floors so anytime any of the people upstairs even take a step we can't make any recordings because all you can hear is an incredibly squeaky floor
1: <laughs> that that's very true
2: <laughs> um but we are so close to being done. Uh, one of the first rooms that we completely finished was our recording space, which is where we are right now.
1: This is like our first time using first it. First
2: thing we bought, like first piece of furniture we bought was the, the produ- production desk for Travis and a carpet to put on the ground in here to help dampen sound. So we've just been trying to get everything back up and running so we can get all of the content out. <laughs> Next up, let's go with... The White Vault season three, because that ties into Imperial.
1: The White Vault season three. Uh, so that's this is very exciting. We're
2: it's we're working on it again. I already have the outline done. I'm just coming off of writing Vast Horizon script. Um, I have a couple other things I have got to get done before I can start legitimately putting pen to paper for the White Vault season three. Uh, but I'm excited for it. And this might sound very cliche, but nothing gets my writing done faster than being excited.
1: And also, um, a part of the process is we have these uh, gender and ethnicity and nationality fluid characters that we gradually hone down as we find the actors with a lot of our stories. Like, so we're, we're in the process of, of casting some of those roles. And it's a very exciting moment for us because we get to actually hear the voices because a lot of people are interested in being on the show before we have actually written their words.
2: We have one problem right now where we need one person from one very specific country.
1: What country is that? Chile. Chile? We need a Chilean? Are they male or female?
2: It could be male or female, but they have to be like above 30.
1: Above 30 and and Chilean and bilingual in English and Chilean, not one or the other. Chilean?
2: (laughs) You mean Spanish.
1: Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's been a long, long week. It's only Monday.
2: um, even if someone speaks Spanish, the way that people speak Spanish is different in in every in every country. Like you can you can listen to someone and know, like, oh, you're Colombian. Oh, you're Chilean. Um, yes, that's so what I meant to say with Chilean we... accent. Chilean accent. Yes. So we don't want to to cast someone who doesn't sound right. Um, there was such an overwhelming amount of love for the representation of language that we had in the first two seasons and we want to make sure that moving forward we just do a better job
1: yeah we will continue to improve and we'll uh it, it's actually very exciting we're also featuring our first and maybe more than first uh, american on the white Fault ever <laughs> we've like we've never had a straight up character from america portrayed by an american <laughs> it's it's a big deal for us so we're we're excited
2: darn those americans
1: darn those americans indeed <laughs> i had a really funny patriotic like star spangled banners we've got in americans <laughs> but we're, we're excited for it it'll be on time it'll be releasing uh, in october uh somehow we will get on time and on schedule to get that to happen for you guys So Dark Dice, Uh, an update on that, we are releasing episodes roughly monthly. Um, We are having a lot of work on these other shows that have to come out really quickly and we need to be on schedule and the uh, tumultuousness of shifting uh, recording environment has delayed us a little bit. So those will be still coming out, uh, but there's just some delay while we are releasing uh, other things every two weeks, but we'll still keep roughly to the monthly release schedule
2: So next up, I want to talk about Tales from the Tower, which is our currently ongoing um, half season. And Travis wanted to talk a little bit about the process.
1: Yes. Uh, So a couple things. This season of Tales from the Tower was very different from previous ones uh, in that the final three episodes were uh, of the mid season because um, we split up the season into two halves. And um, the first half, the five episodes, four out of the five are audio drama. So they're straight, like, episodes where there's no narrative taking place. And it very, it's a lot harder to do the audio design for, the sound design.
2: Sorry, I only write audio drama now, Travis.
1: <laughs> it's, it's really good, though. I enjoy it a lot. But it's, uh, it's a lot more work. We've also visited a lot of new places that we've never gone to before within Atreus. We've been to and seen events that we've not seen before. So it's really intensive sound design. Like, you gave me an episode that was 12 minutes, and it's like, oh, okay, here's a short one. That took me, like, 20-something hours. Oh, my God. He complained for days. <laughs> I worked on it for days. But it was supposed to be the throwaway episode, the easy one, before the long one, because our, our season finale is... Are you is...
2: calling my script a throwaway?
1: No, it's not a throwaway. Okay. I mean, like, oh, okay, here's the easy week. Have an easy, light week so you can get prepped for, like, hell week after this one, because this is... Happiness is ridiculously long. It's a feature-length story, like, an hour and a half plus, and, uh... Maybe even two hours. We'll see how it
2: But don't you want to enjoy your night at the Night Entertainment Expo? Welcome to the Night Entertainment.
1: Yes, that was that was our big theme this season, the Night Entertainment Expo, uh, for the half of it anyway. And we're excited to have the finale taking place there as, as well, mid-season finale.
2: It was very fun to create what a carnival would be within the city of Atreus. Again, it's kind of trying to translate the idea of the horror that we have in modern day now and decide what does that look like when you move it onto a different planet with different people in a sci-fi future. And that's how you got the Night Entertainment Expo.
1: Yeah. So that, that's so much fun. Yeah. Um, also, uh, just wanted to let you know the final episode will be coming out in two weeks. We, we missed the release this week so we can put out this QA and we wanted a little bit of extra time to fine tune well, like, happiness.
2: Like Travis said, happiness, which is going to be the final episode for this half season, is very long. Yes, so And it features some amazing voices. And we are very excited and we hope that we can scare you. Because <laughs> everyone wants a little bit of happiness. <laughs> <laughs> so our final thing that we want to talk about is our new show that's launching at the end of May. And that is Vast Horizon. And the first thing that we always get asked when we talk about the new show is, what is Vast Horizon about? Nolira is an agronomist tasked with establishing agriculture in a new solar system, but when she wakes up on a now-empty colony ship, the whole of her plan disappears. The ship has been set adrift, with numerous mission-critical problems requiring immediate attendance outside of her area of expertise. Nolira is aided by the ship's malfunctioning AI, which acts as her confidant and companion during the fight for survival." So that's just a short… blurb about what it's about, I guess. (laughs)
1: yeah i'd say that
2: so our main character is uh dr nolira ek so she wakes up on the bifrost which is supposed to be this great big colony ship and when she awakens it's completely empty and you follow her through trying to survive what's happening
1: vast is currently planned as at least one 10 episode season and we'll find out if the story develops from there
2: yeah We're looking at two or more. Ideally,
1: ideally. We're thinking probably a two season (laughs) thing. We also have uh, every episode's over 20 minutes. A lot of people are asking for over 20 minute episodes. That's a lot of work, but we're pushing really hard to do that and accomplish that. Uh, We've juxtaposed a lot of action into every episode, as well as some like info drops. So we don't start you off in this crazy sci-fi universe. We sort of feed you information with a little IV drip.
2: We are working on something story-wise for an audio drama that we've never done before as a, as a production team. It was really fun to write. It's also very confusing to write. And I believe that I finally did it justice. And I'm very excited and very stressed out to see how Travis translates it into audio form. But I think he'll do a great job.
1: I've got a bunch of new new sound design things, too. Um, you know, this goes back to the Tales from the Tower thing. Like, I didn't think I would need the sounds of broken glass so often. And then You're no- <laughs> going to need a hell of a lot of broken glass. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, they're in a house of mirrors, breaking mirrors. And that's it's like, okay, there's some windows that get broken. With new and developing soundscapes, like with the White Vault, it all takes place on Freestead. Season one was pretty hard to get that to sound right. And then it's like, okay, well, it's the same setting. This is just not copy and paste, but kind of similar elements can go together. Uh, this is a completely new setting we've never been to before, and it's going to be exciting to see how this will develop with new voices too.
2: Yeah. We're we're going to be working with some actors we've worked with before, some that you're going to be hearing pretty soon, um, either in Tales from the Tower or in Imperial, if you listen to that. We are very excited um, I'm just so happy that we're at the point where I only have a few more edits to do, and then it's going to be like off my chest for at least a few months.
1: <laughs> um, So other important things. How does language play a role in this one? I know there's a little bit of language involved, more than just English.
2: So one of the things I have said before in one of our little live videos is that this takes place very, very, very far away, both spatially and temporally from Earth. But that doesn't mean that people's languages and cultures didn't come with them to a certain extent. So we still do have pockets of humanity that speak all of these different languages. So you'll see a few languages presented in Vast that aren't just straight-up English, and you'll hear people who have accents because different parts of the stations that they come from are from different groups of people who speak different languages and talk in a certain way. So even though we have the, this vast dif- distance from Earth, You don't have the same, is it okay to say monotony that Atreus has where everyone has to sound like American?
1: Yeah, everyone has to be U.S. uh, regionless.
2: Yeah, so Atreus is built to sound like, oh, a totalitarian government made you all grow up sounding the same, but in Vast, they strive to come up with new ideas and to progress science and to progress their ability to reach further and go go further but they're also very respectful of where they came from to some extent and so you have these families and these cultures and these languages and i think that's as much as i'm going to say because i'd like everything else to be introduced as the story progresses
1: sounds good and there will not be uh closed captioning because it's audio only
2: yeah, so just like no in subtitles. The White Vault, if you don't speak certain languages, you are going to miss little bits and pieces, but I try to make it so that everyone still gets the full story.
1: So yeah, we're, we're pretty excited for Vast to come out in just over four weeks' time, uh, four weeks and one day from today.
2: I got some pretty good feedback today from one of our actors reading our scripts. So, made yeah. me smile. They liked it. They liked it.
1: That's good. We <laughs> hope you guys like it too. Um, it's going to be starring uh, Siobhan and also Tanya. Uh, You've heard Tanya on quite a few of our stories. Tanya Maloyevich, she was an artifact. She was the main character of Artifact, the White Vault Artifact. And she's also in a bunch of other things we do and a bunch of other podcasts. She's also,
2: she was in our, the White Vault live show. Hello, AERC, over.
1: She was one of the characters in that too, which is also available on our Patreon. Uh, You can Google Fool and Scholar Productions and find our Patreon.
2: Yes, you can. (laughs) Um... And then what about Siobhan?
1: Siobhan has also been in some uh, cartoons in, I think, other countries. I don't think they're American cartoons, but they're pretty funny.
2: All right. And then, of course, we have a bunch of other people who are going to be joining us as well. Um, At the end of Tales from the Tower, uh, not the end, but in Tales from the Tower Happiness, the upcoming episode, you're going to hear our main character is Jordan Cobb, the creator behind Giannis Descending. Which is an amazing show. Which we do recommend listening to um jordan is also going to be one of our voice actors or actresses and then we have a lot of other people that you're going to hear as well that you will probably recognize
1: that was like a surprise script you're like here's a script and like how many actors and you're like all the actors for happiness (laughs) for happiness yeah it's it's over 30 the cast list is massive i think it was 52
2: and the hard thing is they all have to sound american
1: american yeah but that was, that's going to be a very fun, fun story. So we'll give you that one in two weeks on the Liberty feed. Also a heads up, if you're listening to, uh, if, if you're looking at the feed and it says Fool and Scholar, uh, you're actually on our SoundCloud feed and we needed to migrate over to one of the other feeds, probably the White Vault, Liberty, Vast Horizon, once that's up very soon.
2: We're going to be shutting down the SoundCloud feed. There's just some problems that it's been creating on all of our different feeds where it kind of shuns out other feeds mixes up the way that our shows populate Um, it's become so much of an issue that it doesn't make sense for us to continue broadcasting the soundcloud feed when the normal feeds for all the other shows are available in so many different places if you're using an app that uses our fool and scholar feed then you might be able to switch over to the individual show feeds Uh, if you need a different app then we would recommend trying himalaya which is what both travis and i use
1: yeah, it's a pretty great app. You can stream it. You can download them, uh, episodes. You can uh, literally just play them off your phone without having to download anything. Uh, you can import your previous playlists from other apps as well, depending on what you're using. And it's, it, it doesn't have like really annoying ads before everything you do, which is wonderful.
2: But all right, I think we're at the end, which is great because I have some more writing to do
1: yes so uh we'll get back to it i'm gonna start editing stuff and caitlin's gonna write and we have many more things about the day but seriously if you're listening to this thank you so much for listening to our shows we do appreciate you a lot and we will release more of them as soon as we're we're able
2: thank you guys and may the archon watch over you or stay safe out there